Saturday morning on 88.9 The Bridge. Welcome back to this week's episode of Storytime. My name's Elijah. Usually I'm here with my co-host Megan, but she's out of town this week, so today I have a guest. Nearly every student you hear on 88.9 The Bridge goes through at least one of Mercer Island High School's radio courses. These courses range from introduction to radio all the way up to the most advanced level, called Applied Broadcast Radio Operations. All the broadcasting courses are taught by two teachers, both with much prior experience in radio broadcasting and news reporting. Today on Storytime, I have one of our MIHS broadcasting teachers here with me, Miss Natalie Woods. Could you tell me a little bit about what you do here at the school and for the station? Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. I'm excited to be here. And very excited. Um, Elijah, you're an intro student, and you've already got a podcast up and running, and you're you're doing a great job, so keep Thank it up. Um, okay, go back. What was your What was your first question? Could you tell me a little bit about what you do here at the school and for the station? Okay, so I work here at the radio station and in the classroom, and it's myself and Joe Bryant, and we pretty much run a radio station and teach uh, all the students how to broadcast and be on the airwaves, and it starts with just the basics of how to turn on microphones and how to speak into them, all the way up to how to create newscasts and sportscasts and do one- and two-hour shows and create news features and all sorts of things that we, any, any kind of content that you could think of putting on the air, and we, we try to make it very professional-sounding, and our students do an awesome job every single day sounding really amazing and telling their stories in a creative way. What's your, well, I have two questions, actually. What's your favorite thing you do here between the station and in the classroom? You know, I really like it when we get to um, kind of, we're done with the conversation in the classroom and done with the teaching part and and showing how to do it or t- telling you all how what we're going to learn how to do, and then the actual doing. I love the days when everybody is super busy going here, there, and everywhere, and everybody needs my help to learn how to turn on microphones or advice for how to put together a story. Those are the days that really kind of um, get me energized. It's funny because those are the days I really like in radio too because even if I don't have anything to do radio-related, when everyone's doing something, it's easier to get done with other work um, outside of radio after I've finished everything else. And my other thing is... What's your favorite genre of music? Well, um, this is going to sound a little crazy because I know, like, I'm a teacher and, and everybody has an, an impression of what maybe teachers would listen to, but I really like dance mix music and house. Music that, like, gets you pumped and what makes you want to move and exercise and that, like, if I'm listening to music while I'm just by myself or doing, I'm, I'm usually exercising a lot. Those are the, the tunes that I have on my playlist. I think that's a genre I don't listen to at all, actually. I'm, I kind of cycle through different types of music, a little bit of country, a little bit of pop, everything. Yeah, and I do like, I am very wide-ranging in my, my interest of listening, but if I am just going to pick something that I personally want to listen to for a long period of time, it's going to be stuff that you would hear like, in a dance club. <laughs> and I actually just thought of, Nat- this is not Natalie's first time being on this show, now that I think of it. Oh, that's right. A couple weeks ago, I was. <laughs> it was one of those days when we were really busy trying to find places for students to record and trying to allocate all of our 
our space around here and I accidentally opened the door and walked in while you were in the middle of your show and I felt so terrible. I'm it's like that, cut. that seemed pretty amateur. <laughs> I'm just going to cut to that real quick. <laughs> are you guys done recording your holiday greeting? Oh, we were doing the show. Oh, are you in the middle of your show? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. I'm sorry. I thought you were doing a holiday greeting. Oh, it's okay. Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, how long have you been teaching here at IMS or MIHS? This is my third year at the high school. And I don't know if you know this, but this is not my, this is not my career that I ever set out to do. This just kind of happened. I spent about 20 years working in the broadcast industry in, in television news reporting. I did a little stint in radio news, but uh, most of the bulk of my experience was in um, TV news. And uh, about three years ago, I just happened to stumble upon an opportunity to do something um, completely different here at the station. And when I came in for the interview and started talking about the experience that I had, Joe and the other person who was um, interviewing me asked if I would come in and just help t teach students how to do the radio broadcasting and um, I've been loving it ever since. And would you, if you had the opportunity, would you go back to TV and radio broadcasting or would you stick with what you're doing here? Well, I love what I'm doing here and it fits really well into where I am right now in my life because I've got a family, I've got two kids that are in Mercer Island schools. And so I, I couldn't ask for a better uh, work situation. I get to do what I love, which is broadcasting and then I get to be around uh, the school system and I get to be around my kids and close by for my family and everything so it is the absolute perfect work situation that being said I really loved it when I was in um, television news and if I had a different family life right now that wasn't so demanding I would 100% be doing uh, be on the daily news grind uh, going out every day getting the story and going live on the 6 and 10 o'clock news. It's it's a really awesome career. On the note of like having a family within the district, when your kids come into the high school, have you or are you going to encourage them to take the radio courses? or? Well, I have got a junior at Mercer Island High School, which I have encouraged to um, get involved with the broadcasting um, that we do here at KMIH. And it's a little tricky to have your own kid in, in the classroom with you, and so he's not so sure about that idea. That being said, he does have a podcast that he airs, so he comes in here and puts together a podcast, and um, I help him behind the scenes with some of the technical things that he hasn't learned yet because he's not in the classroom. But I I mean, I, I, I have to encourage my kids to be part of this because it's so amazing. There's so many opportunities that I want them to reap some of the benefits as well. And then I have an eighth grader who will be up here next year, and I've already put the word out to her and all of her friends that they really need to sign up to be in our intro radio course and podcasting because they're going to have a lot of fun and there's just so many possibilities. It's kind of interesting that because I stumbled into this course by accident. I was signed up for a completely different course, and they canceled that class, and I ended up being like, hey, can I switch into radio? because I wasn't really interested in any of the other things I had the option of. And I didn't even know what I was getting myself into, and it ended up being my one of my favorite classes throughout the day. And look how much you're flourishing in here. <laughs> I've been, like, I, I'm a nerd, and I, <laughs> I've been a nerd since I was, like, five. So I have 
actually a lot of similar equipment at home and I've been playing around with it. So it's it's cool to come in here and get to play with it in an applied setting. Yeah. Well, and something that I really love about this program is that it really attracts students from all walks of life and all interests. And whether you enjoy the technical side of things and, and like you were saying, the equipment aspect of it, or you just want, you love writing, you love speaking. Um, it the, this, this program and these courses encapsulates all of it. And we encourage students to pursue their passions and their interests. And so whatever it is that, that a student likes to do, those are the directions that we try to uh, push them in um, so that they enjoy their experience here and get the, the most out of it. What class, like what level of radio do you prefer teaching? Oh, gosh. Well, I personally teach advanced, and I'm comfortable there because I know all the students. They've already been through a year or two of the program, and they're doing more advanced uh, broadcasting kind of uh, skills. And so that's really kind of my comfort zone. But I, I love all the classes. I'm, I'm in all the classes every day. And so there's aspects of, of every one of them that is really rewarding, the intro classes, it's really great to see the progress that's made. Like I remember three months ago when everybody that was walking in, mostly freshmen, kind of first experience in high school and getting out all the jitters and then we're explaining to them just like, be patient, we're gonna teach you how to use the equipment. And now we're about ready to go, you know, into another another um, semester and all of our intro students are now putting podcasts on the air and they're going to be up on Spotify and wherever people get get podcasts. So th- the progress that students make so quickly from the intro classes is something that is really fun to watch and be part of. I I definitely have noticed the quick, the exponential growth in our radio class, our intro class, because we started not knowing like literally anything and now every day there's like two shows recording one of them i swear they record every day i don't know how they produce episodes they're hooked they're hooked <laughs> they've got the broadcasting bug <laughs> I, I actually i actually did something similar to what you did to them they were recording in the room we're in now and i didn't know they were recording and i opened the door and they happened to be telling scary stories and they sh- one of them shrieked <laughs> as soon as I touched the doorknob, and I had no clue they were recording. It was the funniest thing. And they left it in the recording. (laughs) Just like you did to me when I walked in. (laughs) Yeah, precisely. Um, And what's your favorite kind of story from before here when you were in uh, news reporting? Well, as a news reporter, you get to see a lot of things, some of them really awesome and some of them really kind of horrific. And so I did run the gamut on all of that. And I, I had the opportunity to report uh, in a lot of different places around the U.S. and then overseas. But I think one of the most rewarding reporting assignments that I had throughout my career was when I got to cover the first free and fair election that women were allowed to vote in the United Arab Emirates. And this was in the Middle East during a time when uh, war was raging in Iraq, and there was all sorts of strife happening in the Middle East. And um, women were, I mean, they still are in parts of the Middle East, but but particularly in the United Arab Emirates, 
um, women had been suppressed for very long periods of time, and they were starting to come out of that. And they got the the opportunity to vote in an election and to be able to cover such an historic um, event and to have it from have it as a an American coming from that perspective of growing up in a democratic society and seeing how valued something like going in and casting your vote really is to people. It, I mean, you know, personally just struck a chord with me about how thankful we all should be for the freedoms that we have in our country. Especially like on Mercer Island, there's a lot of things that we take for granted. Like if you go to 80% of the students at this school and ask if they have AirPods, they'll pull them out. Um, and that's not a fundamental right, but every time I go to, like, when I went to L.A. and I stayed in uh, West Hollywood, mm-hmm. or when I'm up in North Seattle, my old stomping grounds, it's always kind of, you t- you blink a little, yeah. and you, you see a little perspective, because I've lived here for eight years and I'm I'm used to it I'm used to seeing like Lexuses and Mercedes everywhere and our band having we have this huge band with brand new uniforms uh and then whenever I leave kind of our bubble Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see kind of how every the rest of the world or at least the rest of the U.S. operates yeah it's absolutely so important to get out of your comfort zone and get out of your, your your little place where you're kind of nesting all the time and see the way that, you know, other people, what, what they have to experience, um, their way of life. And I've had lots of opportunities to do that um, by living all over the, the United States in different big cities and small towns and then um, doing some traveling and working abroad. It really does give you a, a different perspective on um, your life. And like, when I complain about whatever I complain about here, but like I very rarely have I been like scared for my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking of play, living in a place where you that's what it's like, yeah, or there's always a threat that's like terrifying. Well, to me. Of course, and there are people at this very moment that are living in environments like that that are in the news headlines, right? Yeah, you know, in parts of the Middle East and in, in Ukraine and. And other areas of the world in Africa. So, I mean, we are so fortunate to be able to wake up every morning feeling safe and secure. And I, I get the opportunity to choose whether or not I want to learn about that or read the news on topics like that. Mm-hmm. Where, like, if I was living in it, I wouldn't have that opportunity. Right. But I I did want to ask, what, what do you like to do outside? Because we've heard a lot about... Uh, broadcasting and that was a terrible segue that was very not subtle but uh, (laughs) we've heard about broadcast both in and out of school but like on the weekends and outside of school hours where are you well I have a family and so I have two teenagers that keep me pretty busy and they are both athletes and I mean like right now we're in the winter months and it is the season for wrestling and that's what the the sport is that they're in and so a lot of uh, wrestling practices, a lot of wrestling tournaments that I'm, you know, kind of going to and being the transportation person back and forth and doing lots of supporting. Um, and then, you know, like I, I like to do things at home. I spend a lot of time on my weekends trying to catch up on everything that I have 
uh, kind of neglected during the week. And I also like to do a lot of exercising. Um, if I don't get some exercise in my daily life, I kind of, uh, I don't feel quite as good mentally or physically. So that's something that really uh, charges me up too. I, it's, you're like the opposite of me. I have like, um, one, I'm the kid in the activities, which is band. My mom's mm-hmm. been kind of consumed by band for many years. My brother is a sophomore in college, but he he's still doing band stuff. Wow. So he, she's really been in it for a while. Uh, and I, I'm kind of the opposite. I can't, I just forget. I don't have the time to remember to go exercise. I did get a lot of exercise because my main mode of transportation for a long time was an electric bike. And it actually was, it ended up being exercise because biking in the cold and the rain um, and trying to get to school quickly, even on an electric bike, can be a little bit of a workout. Yeah, I bet. Um, Well, and I mean, okay, obviously getting exercises is super important. But I mean, as a student, I see from... Um, a different perspective now that I'm at the high school and I'm I'm seeing what plays out every day for all of you. And it's a very um, high stress, high pressure environment, and you're all super busy. And I can understand how at the end of the day or at the end of the week, um, a student would want to just completely unplug and just chill. Because um, I, I can tell you would all be worn out because you're all working really hard during the during the week. In the back of my mind right now, I have a I have a in-class write where we're writing a four-paragraph essay which is 22 sentences I think, and we get a block day, so an hour and a half to do it, and that's just like in the back of my mind for the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. So, when I get home, it's like I take a couple hours before I start like even thinking about homework. That's a good idea to kind of rest your brain and recharge before you dive back in for another round. It kind of makes things worse sometimes because if I have a lot of homework, I end up losing sleep because I waited too long. But mm. I just I don't have the brain power. Um, and there there's nothing like an after school nap sometimes. Yeah. Well, so, you know, something I think a lot of parents might forget or just don't. It's not on the radar is that when they're done with their work day, they expect to unplug and they come home and they can, I mean, I I know that there are some companies where it's like, you're never off. You're always working, but you know, working adults want to finish their work day and then move on to their other, other things. Um, And you all here at the high school don't have that opportunity for the most part. I mean, you get done with your seven hour school day and you come home and there's still more to do. And so um, I, as somebody who is able to see this firsthand play out during the day, I really try to keep that in mind when I'm at home in mom mode, not trying to hammer too much on, do you have your homework done? Have you checked your, your assignments and that kind of thing? Because I know that it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot for you all to, to manage and there needs to be time to just decompress and really take the stress and the pressure down a few notches. And even... If it's not stressful work, homework can just be time consuming. I have, sure. after we record this, I have two hour, or I have one hour of podcasts to edit from our last episode to this one because we're front loading what we're gonna do over break. Uh, 
and it's it's definitely like not what I expected because in middle school they didn't grade homework mm-hmm. so I got really good grades in middle school because I like I have an anxiety disorder and I do not do well with getting things in on time and it's been a huge shift coming into high school it is a huge shift to go from middle school to high school particularly in the environment where the grading is a little bit different at the middle school and expectations are exponentially higher here and um there's not a whole lot of room for error. Yeah. Like you get here on day one and here we go. And so it's, it is very difficult to make that transition. And I hope that um, we, uh, t- uh, from the teaching side of, side of things, I know that we are being urged to have a little bit of grace with students and to understand that, particularly with our freshmen, that there is a learning curve. Uh, coming from a middle school environment up to a high school. The the radio program has been pretty graceful in my experience in getting giving us plenty of time to get things done, where a lot of times I have extra time in class where I've already finished the thing. And it's been, I really appreciate it because I don't feel stress when it comes to radio projects. Whereas in other classes, like this in-class right, I... I'm stressing about it outside of school and in my off period and all this stuff. But it's, and like, I got good, good grades in middle school, but I didn't do a single math homework. Like the whole eighth grade year, I skipped every at-home math practice and I got good grades, but I didn't turn in the work. Right. But, and you can't get away with that at the high school and and get good grades. And I, (laughs) when I got here, I had an A in math for about four days and then it dropped, and then it got down to a C minus, and then I was like, oh, and I, I was too late. I couldn't turn in the rest of the stuff, and I've just been working on getting that grade back up by the end of the semester. And it's it's going well, but uh, I just it's just something to be aware of, of every night I need to have a moment where I do do my homework. Sure. Even though I really don't want to. Right, yep. What What's your favorite show to listen to when you're, if you were to listen to any show inside or outside of 88.9, is there a show you uh, magnetize? What's or the word? Gravitate toward? You or, gravitate yeah. towards. I, I, am a, I am a news and politics junkie. I obviously covered the news for a number of years. I have a master's degree in politics. And so um, I'm, I'm very much focused on, on that in my personal time. And so I like to listen to all, like, I watch all the political, Sunday morning political shows on television. I am constantly listening to news in the car when I'm not listening to 88.9 The Bridge. I I do listen to 88.9 The Bridge a lot. But when I do kind of shift away, I I tune into news. And um, those are the, you know, like... uh, I just like to stay up to date with what's going on in the world. And so that's kind of what I would be listening to. If I had to choose a podcast, it would be The Daily from The New York Times, which is just amazing uh, broadcast art in the way that they can storytell and educate and use production elements with the sound and the music to just weave the story. And just you just want to just keep listening. It's so um, engaging. You sound like a broadcast teacher right now. <laughs> I I listen to the journal from the Wall Street Journal. Okay. And it's it's similar. They put in music and effects and it's not 
it's not like a bunch of stuff. They focus on one topic per day. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only weekdays. Uh, but they, they'll they just focus on smaller stories like corporate. There was one about corporate ethics and they'll bring on an expert mm-hmm. and they'll talk about it. And it's fascinating to me. I haven't been listening to it as much lately. I think it's called the journal. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to tune into that because I'm always looking for, um, you know, newsy kind of similar things to what I listen to, and that sounds like a good one for sure. So, what? When did you decide you wanted to be like a broadcaster? It was pretty early on. I mean, like I know that nowadays students are really kind of encouraged to figure out what they want to do by the time they're like a junior in high school. And I know that that's not realistic, and I feel like that's a huge expectation. But honestly, I knew really early on that I wanted to do something that involved writing because I loved to write. And not only just the courses that encouraged writing, but the actual act of writing pencil to paper. I spent a lot of time. That was like something I would do to decompress when I was younger is just write stories, write poems, write anything. And so... Um, through writing, I knew that I wanted to be in journalism, and initially I was pursuing a newspaper, kind of being a newspaper reporter, and I went through a couple courses in college, and I was a newspaper reporter for our college uh, paper, and then I, I think it was because I was required by the major to take a broadcasting class, and as soon as I got a taste of that, it was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to write the stories, and then tell the stories in a broadcast form. And um, and it is really kind of a, a, a way to express your creativity and to put a little bit of art to, to what you're doing because when you tell a really good story, you use certain words, you use certain sounds, and you weave them all together. And it really, for me anyway, it feels great when you're able to accomplish that. I think it's interesting how it's it seems to be a very common experience to be required to take something and end up loving it and doing that as a mm-hmm. at, for the rest of your life. I know I interviewed Maestra Fitzgerald on on the air and it was super interesting because she didn't even take Spanish in high school, and she only took it because she was required to in college. Mm-hmm. And then she came here, and she was trying to be an English teacher. And her, the job interview, they wanted her to teach both English and Spanish. And she was like, sure, I'll do that. And sure enough, 30 years later, she's teaching Spanish one and two. So kind of how things will fall into your lap. Totally, and to be open-minded and to dare to be out of your comfort zone. Um I think are good ways to live. <laughs> I think I have a, I fly planes um, and I do a lot of aviation stuff and it's very much trying new things and sure. pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. There's one activity we did where instead of lining up for the middle of the runway, we lined up so our center of our plane was lined up on the very right side. So we would have, if we had touched down, we would have touched our wheel into the grass Mm -hmm. and then we shoved our rudder and aileron in opposite directions and we slid the plane laterally across the runway and back and forth just like 10 feet above the ground and it's I believe it's called side slips one of the most interesting things completely terrified me I bet when I was being told about it and then I got in the plane and my instructor did it once and I was mind blown and it's all I wanted to do for every lesson for the rest of my life 
Well, speaking of uh, getting out of comfort zones, I mean, honestly, if I wasn't willing to get out of my comfort zone, I wouldn't even be here. I would not even be here right now because I was absolutely terrified by the idea of being in front of a, cl- a class of high school students. That like, terrifies me as well. <laughs> um, honestly, I mean, I, you know, I could stand up and deliver the six o'clock news, do a live report <laughs> and, and be okay with that. But when I was told, okay, so now what we want you to do is teach a class and you're going to have to be in front of students every day. I was thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. So I do feel like it's so um, rewarding when you can get out of your comfort zone and discover something new and um, something that can turn into a personal passion. It's it's actually interesting how a very small group of people is way worse than a very big group of people. When the band marched in the Macy's parade, 2 million people in person, I think, and 28 and a half million uh, people watching at home. And that's mm-hmm. not including like families of four or right. people hosting a party to watch it. And we it wasn't scary that wasn't the scary part the scary part was what if my instrument breaks what if i fall all this stuff but when mr bixby asks a student to play in front of our band class of 80 maybe which is a big class Mm -hmm. people are terrified and if i was asked to play in front of five ten people it would be horrifying but in front of 20 million 30 million it's not as big yeah, a deal. It's interesting how it works out that way. I mean, you always hear about, you know, like actors, right, who are on the big screen, but they're terrified to speak at an awards <laughs> program or they're, you know, they're scared to give a speech. Jen, someone said something about Gen Z after they did the thing a long time ago at a Trump rally where they bought all the tickets and then no one showed up. And they said Gen Z is an interesting generation because they... They're willing to do that. They're willing to do something so major and out there, but they're afraid to ask for ask a person in Starbucks to remake their coffee because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, a f- being what could even be perceived as rude to this one person is so much worse than uh, doing something as a group. Yeah, it's interesting but, how it works that way. <laughs> but anyway. This has been a really fun conversation. Thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, Ms. you're Woods. welcome. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. And that's it for story time this week. I hope everyone's enjoying their break. Megan and I are going to be back for a regular episode of Story Time after break on January 6th. See you then. <laughs>